It's time to feel the rage. Welcome to Film Rage, where we talk movies in theater, streaming, and classic films as well. Directors and actors, beware as you cannot hide from the rage. My name is Bryce, and I'm part of the Film Rage crew, which also includes Jim. Hey there, Jim. Hey, hey, Bryce. And Murray, who is the only person I personally know that is looking forward to Top Gun Maverick. Is this true, Merman, or is it a vicious, vicious rumor? It is absolutely true. Yeah. Awesome. There you go. I'm just you looking heard for it the, here first. I'm only looking forward to the homoerotic volleyball. There you are. So with the introductions out of the way, let's rage on. Oh, baby. Thanks to all who've been supporting us. If you love our independent podcast, please like, subscribe, share, and give us a five-star rating on your listening platform or support us and join the Film Rage community by joining our membership at buymeacoffee.com forward slash Film Rage YYC. If you cannot commit to a membership, you can still buy us a movie rental and dare us to see a terrible film. And you know what? I think we just might watch it. Now, let's get to raging. But first... Here's a word from our sponsor. Hey Bryce, what are you doing tonight? I'm going to my favorite cinema, Canyon Meadow Cinema, to see the best second-run movies at the best price. What? How inexpensive are they? Regular price is five bucks, five bucks. Regular price is five bucks, five bucks. Makes me hope they also serve pizza. They do, plus a lot of other great food choices. Plus, I'm planning my office Christmas party there. They can host a plethora of options for any get-together. Gaming, movie, drag show? Drag show? Now I know where I'm planning my next party. Hey, maybe you think there's a, a Liam Neeson or a superhero movie plan? Ugh, I hope not. But uh, maybe there'll be a great independent documentary. Sure. Call CMC at 403-670-5444 to book a special event or go online at canyonmeadowscinemas.ca. All right, cue that streaming music. We don't know. We don't do no stick. We don't got no stinking streaming. What? We ain't got no stinking streaming. What are you talking about? No streaming. Ah. I don't think, you know what? The world of COVID took away cinemas and now cinemas is taking taking over streaming. We may never have to stream a thing again. Uh, we can only we'll have to stream some stuff. You mean when the seventh wave comes? Yeah. <laughs> wow, we still got to stream our, well, our uh, Rage or Dare movies and amongst other things. That's true. But we're not actually streaming new content. Because yeah, we're going to the cinemas. We are. As long as they last. That's right. All right, then. So let's uh, start out by uh, talking about a movie by the name of Nitram. The Plaza. We saw it at the Plaza, yes. Our only art house cinema in Calgary. You can't classify the other one as art house now. I guess They're not. playing what movies? I don't know what they're playing like. Anyways, it doesn't matter. Uh, Nitram. Based on tragic events in Australia in the mid-90s, Nitram is the story of a troubled young man who, when left to his own devices, perpetrated the massacre of 35 people and injuring 23 others. The events at Port Arthur on that day stands as one of the worst massacres in Australia committed by a single person. This is one of the best 
acted films I have seen with Caleb Landry Jones delivering a performance as Martin Bryant that I will never forget. Judy Davis as his mother and Anthony LaPaglia, who are almost unrecognizable, as his father also delivers some of the best work that they have ever done, along with Essie Davis as Helen. Oh, she's so good in this. Helen. Who forms one of the most off-putting, awkward relationships ever caught on film. Helen and Martin, or Nitram, uh, their friendship is odd and hypnotic and hard to look away from. Not unlike every frame of this film. This would have been an easy film to make if they chose to glorify the events that happened that Mm -hmm. day of April of 1996. They could have made a film that could have easily exploited the violence. But instead, they made a film that will haunt you even though almost no violence was depicted on screen. Every situation they presented is a tension-filled powder keg as I waited for this obviously disturbed individual to explode. They could have followed Nitram through that day in April, but I feel so much more was accomplished by not showing the massacre. The film had me feeling uneasy and wanting to look away throughout, but I could not look away from the screen as I was witnessing a career-defining performance from Caleb Landry-Jones. This will go down as one of the best performances that I have personally ever witnessed. This was a carefully calculated telling of a terrible event in a masterful and haunting way. The film's agenda is well taken to anyone who witnesses it, and in my opinion, it is a worthy agenda. Nitram, for the powerful house performances, the thoughtful presentation of a tragic event without the exploitation, and the extreme uneasiness it made me feel throughout, was Mondo. This is the best film I've seen this year. Wow. That's a powder keg, all right. Powder cake. Yeah. What say you? Well, it's not very often you see a film with a message as powerful on so many levels as this film. I knew nothing about this film going in other than who was in it, which was enough to get me excited because I love Caleb Landry. Yeah. This film takes us on a journey that fully shows us a deep look at the character Nitram and everyone that he interacts with, I highly suggest, and unfortunately, I would, I should have said this before Bryce told about what the actual story is, but I really highly suggest you see this without knowing anything about this film. Too late. <laughs> but it's too late. You get to feel for our main character and his parents and what they are going through, his mental condition, and how it affects every single person that he comes into contact with. Our director does a very exceptional job of weaving humor into a film that is weighted down with dread, 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 dread. The dread is so thick you can cut it with a knife or shred it with a semi-automatic. This film has almost a Hitchcock level suspense where you know something is going to happen. And if like me, you didn't know what was going to happen, then you get the full enjoyment that this build brings you by the time you get to the very end of this film. Not very often do we get this level of quiet growth from a character that allows every pore of your to his essence and feel the emotions that they are and those that he is with and they all go through together. This film is sad. The message at the end of this is powerful 
powerful and needs to be shared. This had a perfect ending to an almost perfect film that I enjoyed every single frame. Nitram is a hard watch at times, as Bryce had already alluded to. But all the time through this film, it was motto. It really was. And we'll have a bit of unpacking to do. But what would you think? Caleb Landry Jones is one creepy dude. Yes. By that, I mean he plays a lot of creepy dudes. Yes. Uh, in this case, a very real and very dangerous creepy one. Um, Banshee in X-Men First Class. Creepy. Contraband, Wahlberg's creepy brother who gets him in trouble. American maid, Tom Cruise's creepy brother-in-law who dates young girls and gets himself in trouble. The dead don't die, creepy gas station clerk who creeps on Selena Gomez. <laughs> um, and three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri, creepy brother of a murdered girl. Uh, he actually does creepy better than almost anybody, except maybe Crispin Glover. Yes, thank I you. I would dare say he's the new Crispin Glover. Mm. Um, this movie, like so most true crime dramas, was horrifying surreal. Um, as chilling as most of the scenes were, the scariest moment in the film was when Nitram, or Martin, walked into a gun shop, plopped on $10,000 and walked off with assault rifles and machine guns with no licenses or permits. Just when you think it couldn't get any more yeah. tense. Yes. <laughs> as a matter of point of fact, now he's got weapons. the real guy, Martin, he had the uh, mental intelligence of an 11 year old and he had an IQ of 66. And this person walked into a gun shop and walked out with assault rifles. And and basically, to your point, Marie, at that point in the film, they he needed to have certain things. Yeah. But the guy just overlooked it for an extra. Yeah, because the, for the money. Bunch of, bunch of cash. And, and yeah, like after the, the this tragedy happened, they overhauled their whole gun licensing program. And according to the movie, now there are more guns in Australia than there were back then. So I don't know if anything was accomplished. Anyway, um, yeah, this isn't really an American story. It's a Tasmanian one. Uh, it was a very good film, a solid performance by Jones, and a rare sighting of the unrecognizable Anthony LaPaglia. Like, I didn't know it was him, really, until I read the credits. Um, what kept this from being a Mondo for me is probably opposite of what you guys thought. I thought we needed to see the tragedy. No. Because no. there has to be consequences. And but, if somebody's watching this, you don't know what he actually did. No, but, but if, this if, is, if you don't read about it in history, you don't know what he did. Other than yeah. he sat there eating a fruit cup. Like, you don't know that he killed people. Right, but but that's the, mm. the point is, you know, at that point in the movie, you know what was going to happen, Murray. You, if, if you didn't, then your IQ is 68. I'm not meeting you. I mean, he knew he was going to kill people at that yeah. point. And the other that thing is... That was done. He had a bag full of guns. Once you got into the credits, they kind of... They, they laid it all well, out they for you. They, the did, credits, they, didn't, they didn't have to show anything. And it I, was, I think this is a tribute to the fact that you don't show it because it's not glorifying the exactly. violence. Exactly. It's actually... But it's just... But, the but, fact that he gets away with a lot of this stuff during the movie, it's like... Somebody should have stopped them before it got that far. Well, but but this is but that is the whole point of this movie, exactly. Murray. This movie is is actually showing you a side, and it's similar to what you and I were talking about the car earlier, but I won't go into detail. But this takes the perpetrator and shows the humanity side of that person, 
which there always is. I mean, he had a severe mental illness. And and this is one of those films that like when you when you hear these controversial trials where the person is a is a murderer and then they put him on trial and they go, "Do they understand really what they were doing?" I don't think he did. Because he didn't have well, full no, concept. He didn't of, have mental capacity to do it. Yeah, right. That's but, what I mean. So it's 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 showing everybody was affected by this man. Everybody. Yeah. Still, I just I can't give it a mondo because I, I thought they should have shown it. So yeah. It's, it's just a creepy as hell. Man. For me, no. You, I you, you can't show it. I didn't think they should. I think you could have. But I think we all agree that Caleb Landry Jones was no, absolutely he, brilliant he in this film. Um, and I I'm surprised uh, with the director. Yeah. Right? To do what he did with this film. I don't know how many films he'd made at this point, but it's uh, it's quite... I don't think this film could have been made in North America. That's my perception. Uh, well, they, they would have wrecked it. Well, maybe, but, you know, it doesn't have that sensibility that Australian films have. Yeah. Right? Like, it has this... To, to look at this side of this of this terrible event and be able to look at this person as a human, they really humanized him. And then, so he, I mean, he was a victim too, but yeah, it's, it's a sad, sad story. It's, yeah, it's really, really sad. It's so heavy, Powerful heavy content, film. heavy. Yep. One word, heavy. It's so heavy. So heavy. All right then, from, from heavy, we go to ambulance. Wee woo, wee woo, wee woo, wee woo. Fluff. Michael Bay, who you all know in my books is completely a doubted filmmaker. I just want to make sure that you all remember that. Plus, heist movie, which are usually above rom coms but below buddy driving movies for me as genres that I despise. So take a Michael Bay heist movie, throw in speed adjacent plot, a brothers united subplot, nonsensical police car explosions and crashes, bank robbers who supposedly are the best in the business who bought everything up from square one and don't have any proper planning from moment one. Plus the fact and the fact, that it's got a Fast and the Furious type physics um, overlook for car crashes or the idiotic police incompetence. Add a little medical science mumbo jumbo alakazam, which defy logic and reason. And don't forget the fact this film was motherfucking two hours and 16 minutes long of basically a cop force who are basically idiots chasing an ambulance full of incompetence including a paramedic who is supposed to be the best in the business yet doesn't follow basic first responder rules that even I who took an eight hour first aid training course knew more than they do like cut away the bulletproof vest and check the body for bleeding everywhere. Where is all this bleeding coming from? Where is all this bleeding coming from? Where's all this bleeding coming from? Bryce, where is all this bleeding coming from? If I heard that from her one more time, I heard it a hundred more times. And yet halfway through the you, ambulance you'd chase, you'd investigate that a little you would more think closely, as a you? first responder, that's your first job is to find where all the fucking blood's coming from. You would think until halfway through the film, she would finally decide to look where all the blood is coming from. 
But she didn't. It took her longer than halfway through the film to find out yeah. where the bleeding was coming from. Yeah. Yeah. An ambulance chase that made no sense from moment one. Mm. Did I mention it was two hours and 16 minutes? Yeah, you did. Ending. Uh, this went from one level of stupid to another, and that's not even the half of it. Michael Bay, if you make another film, please do not. And if I had my way, you would be on the doubted for life. We could vote to never have to watch another one of your films to save us the trouble of hiding from the level of rage that you deliver. I know our podcast promises directors and actors, beware as you cannot hide from the rage. But apparently it's I who cannot hide from the rage he delivers to me every single time he touches a fucking camera. That's it, I'm done. It's a rage. I have so much to unpack on this, but I'd love you all to at least talk about how much rage this delivered each one of you. Okay, then. <laughs> uh, of the three of us, I'm the one who would most enjoy a Michael Bay film. That is true. After all, with the exception of the world's worst actor, Ben Affleck, no. uh, I actually enjoyed Armageddon. So, yeah, this is a piece of crap. <laughs> Uh, it was a two-hour car chase scene. Two hours and 16 minutes? No, 15 minutes was in the bank. Oh. <laughs> um, or it was speed with an ambulance. There you go. Bay obviously didn't do any research on how real police handle these situations. Yeah. So he just makes stuff up. Yep. I've seen enough TV shows and movies to know what real cops are supposed to do in this kind of situation. I know real cops. And that's not it. <laughs> like they're trying to shoot the driver. In the ambulance during a chase situation when there's a dying cop in the back of the, the vehicle. Or using every cop in the entire city to run them off the road. Were they trying though? That's what Well, they were, weren't succeeding, but they were definitely trying. They had all these huge SWAT vehicles and tanks and everything else. They still couldn't do anything. Um, yeah, performances were all abysmal. Jake Dillonall, what the hell were you doing in this turd burger? Um, too many sweeping, choppy camera moves and complete unbelievability. Yeah, I'll be uh, talking about that. Yeah, it was pure rage. Nice. And that wasn't just a rage from Murray. That was pure. It was pure rage. It was pure, and unadulterated I like rage. I like my action films. He this does. Terrible. Remember, mm. he's the biggest fan of Old Man Neeson. That's true. Mm. They should have got him in this. It would have been better. <laughs> All right, Bryce. How much rage can you do? <laughs> Jesus. Jesus is going to help you now, buddy. There's no help from Jeebus. Michael Bay, please stop making movies. Every shot does not have to be moving. There is no law that you have to cut to a different angle every three freaking seconds. Every other shot does not have to be a Dutch angle. If you have two people in a room having a conversation, there's no need to circle them with ca the camera repeatedly. The one solace that I can take away from this, at least this turd of a script would have been bad no matter who made it, just not as bad. On that note, 
Who would read this and want to be part of it? What were you thinking, Jake Gyllenhaal and Yahya Abdul-Mateen II? Why are you in this crap? There was so much dumb in this movie that it would take a 50,000 word review to scratch the surface. One of the most ridiculous things in this whole film was the whole multiple ambulance diversion scene. Or maybe it was the fact that she clamped an artery with her hair clip. Or maybe it was, no, I'm not going down that road because it's a road that never ends. This was a film of never ending dumb. Plus it gave you motion sickness with its needless camera movements and inexplicable angles. And do not forget about the headache you will experience from the, ex the extreme noise that is unrelenting. This was another Michael Bay rage added to the pile. It's gonna explode. I, I, I really, I'm begging you, please, can you go back and watch Pain and Gain? Please just rewatch it with new eyes. Is that one of his two? He's. That's the only reason Michael Bay is not on our oh. doubted list. I'm begging you, please rewatch it. I will pay you money. <laughs> I have five dollars in my wallet. I will pay you five dollars to watch Pain and Gain. And then if it's a meh or a high meh, Michael Bay is on the doubted list for life. Sorry, I'm, we're sidetracking. We'll talk about the list later. But I still have that $5. Right. We're waiting. We're waiting? Oh, yeah, right. Sorry. This is the highest level of... Who brings their dog to a fucking like that from moment one? Is that yeah. was that supposed to they, be funny? They, apparently, the, the, the crime solving team was Turner and Hooch. He <laughs> was like he was actually the best written character, not the dog, but the owner of the whole film. The guy who showed up in a, in a UC, a yeah, USC. I, I actually, I actually didn't hate him, but he, he was an, he was else. an idiot too. Like oh, yeah, they're all idiots. Like Nothing I've never seen. Sense. To Murray's point, there there wasn't one thing that an actual police force would like no. I almost imagine that when Michael Bay works on a film that he's actually just going you know what would be fun this it doesn't matter yeah. it doesn't but, but should we fact check? I, no facts are for kids uh, yeah. this is this is not a I fact I think film. he just gets off on setting up these ridiculous freaking shots it doesn't matter what the story is just so he can just look at what I can do with a camera it's so cool and no, he's met real cops because they end up blocking traffic for his stupid stunt scenes. Yeah, they should. He probably should have walked over to one should of those cops and asked a few of them. What do opinions? real cops actually do? So what in would this you do in this chase? situation? Or how, you know what? Being the banker of old, mm. just so everybody knows, they had two bags of cash that they brought on the ambulance. Yeah, which they tried to convince us sixteen million. was eighteen million. That was sixteen. No, well, even if it was sixteen million, yeah. just so you know. Yes. A bag that size of hundreds, if it was hundreds, is only 1.8 million. So those two bags of cash was 3.6 million at most. Hmm. Not even close to 16 or 18 or they, even 10. Do they make $1,000 uh, bills? They probably had like four or $5 million bills in each one. Sure. <gasps> right, million dollars. Yeah. million dollar in, bills. In the Michael yeah. Bay universe, they had million, million dollar bills. bills. Yeah, go. okay. Oh. Well, you, you know what? You don't want to misplace one of those. It's, no. You know what's so great about this week? I don't. 
That isn't the worst movie we've seen. That isn't the worst movie we've seen. Oh, I I I would say it was, but I know <laughs> I what you're getting at. <laughs> Marie, why don't you tell us about oh the gosh. second film that uh, we were we were blessed to see? Yes, against my wishes, we went to see Sonic the Hedgehog 2, which I'm convinced is a cartoon. Yeah, we gotta discuss why we even saw this. Yes. The first the, time it was a freaking Ranger dare. dare. It was a dare. Yes. Yes. Why did yeah, I, I dared you guys, didn't I? Yes, yes. you did. Anyways, Guess apparently I dared us to watch it's payback. <laughs> well, when the evil Dr. Robotnik returns to Earth from his banishment on a mushroom planet, which I don't even remember, uh, with a new ally, Knuckles. He, nice. Sonic and his new friend, Tails, are all that stands between them and global domination. It's true. See, IMDb write that. <laughs> Sucker. <laughs> this... Was the most uncomfortable two hours and two minutes I've had in a theater in a long time. It was only partly the movie's fault. What? The cinema we were at, which shall remain nameless, lowered the temperature to make it into an ice box. <laughs> What's an ice box? So not only were we watching this two-hour piece of crap, we were freezing our butts off. And we actually stayed. Uh, there were seven of us in the auditorium, and two of them left because it was too cold. Uh, they were the lucky ones. At what point do we put away our childish things? As a youngin, I actually preferred Sonic over Mario or whatever the hell Sony was putting out. Um, well, these two movies have now made me loathe that ador adorable little blue ball of speed. <laughs> the jokes were all cringeworthy. The human performances were awful. And I felt bad for Idris Elba, who was far better than this film. Uh, Jim Carrey in his final on-screen performance, according to him anyway, basically recycles all of his annoying characters like Riddler and the Grinch and a little bit of Ace Ventura. Remember when he used to be a good actor? It actually happened at some point in his career. Yeah. Uh, anyway, he, uh, he did nearly every moment of this two-hour turd fest. Then again, I'm 51 and not six. So yeah, speedy was, blue lightning rage. Wasn't made for six year olds either. Well, they might have enjoyed it more than me. Okay, uh, I have no idea what I just witnessed. I thought it could not be worse than the first one. I was wrong. This was not made for adults, and it wasn't made for kids either. With its bloated runtime. So who the hell was this made for? This was another Sonic Rage. I'm not talking about this movie. Great. <laughs> this is awesome. Well, I promised him it would be worse than the first one. In fact, before I didn't we think watched it, was possible. it, I knew it would be possible. I don't actually feel that it's fair, though, that we actually review these types of films anymore. Movies about video game characters are never anything I ever wanted, think should exist, or imagined would be something that would be a thing. But apparently, the constant viewing of society of superhero films with the same plots and outcomes over and 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 over have required greater tests of our intelligence to the point of not only making movies about video games, but also making sequels to said movies. I just want to know what will we get next? Is it going to be Missile Command, The Next Generation, or Invasion of the Space Invaders? Or perhaps what I'm most excited about seeing will be Pong the Musical. Burger time. But, well, burger time I would go see because it's, it looks delicious. But because I paid $10.50, 
I'm going to have my say. This movie makes no sense. And there are way too many levels that you have to beat to get to each and every boss level. The big boss level was ridiculously long. And just like all video game movies, this is a rage. I think that's enough said. Yeah, except uh, except we need to talk about we no, ha- we can't no we don't need to talk we, about anything. No, we need to talk not about the movie. I'm done. Okay, we need to talk about the fact that it doesn't matter how many movies are in cinema. We're not seeing movies for kids anymore. Yeah, I thought we already I, had that conversation. I thought we but did then too. you said we're going to this this weekend. Well, it was the only one of four that was playing. Oh, so if, we're, if there's only four movies playing, then we're not. And if one of them is for kids, we're not going to it. We're not going to it. It's a rule. It's the rule I had about cartoons. And, and now well, there, now if it's an if it's an animated always, film for adults, it's not for there's kids. There's exceptions to every rule, which will be voted on exactly by the film rage so if crew. Two, if two of us say yes, we should go to this, then we will. Is that like when I wanted to veto Maverick and the two of you said we're going to see it? Yes. No, I've said several times, you guys are both welcome to not go see it. I will see it and review it. I think I we need another voice, unfortunately, with that one. Yes, because that's a skewed we voice. We, do, we, we don't need someone going all gaga over Maverick when when we already the seen truth, the commercial. The truth needs to be told. <laughs> I just don't know if I can. You know what? We'll we'll still have to agree on any movie that's made for family friend friendly or kids movies. Yeah, yeah. Or okay, I'm putting in this one too. Mm. If it's a video game movie, same goes. Yeah. I don't care what it is. I don't care if it's Mortal Kombat, yep. which you gave a meh. I want to slap you for that too, because that movie was terrible. Yep. If it's a video game movie, movie for kids, animated film, that's not for us. That's not our podcast. Yep. That's it, folks. Wait. Ba-do, ba-do, ba-do. That's all, oh, folks. Nice. So now let's go on to a movie that is for our podcast. That is for our podcast. And it makes it a sandwich, I'm thinking. It does make it a sandwich, but... Don't talk for me. So, <laughs> we went and saw Navalny. It was actually a special screening. It was only playing two two nights for some reason. Um, but I believe it will be coming out on HBO Max in Yankee Land, which means mm-hmm. it'll probably be coming out on Crave up here in Canada Land. Um, so yeah, Navalny is the story of Russian opposition leader, Alexei Navalny. Um, It's the story of his uh, poisoning and the subsequent investigation of who carried it out and how this assault took place. It is a fascinating depiction of the man, his plight, his courage, and how Russia's climate of corruption led to the discovery of a government-ordered assassination. Uh, It plays out like a thriller on screen as we are taken into a world that I have never been really witness to. It has some eye-opening revelations about the information that is out there on all of us electronically and the fact that it can be traded for cash if you know where to get it. The courage of Navalny is undeniable as he... Uh, as after he recovers from the poisoning, he leaves the safe confines of Germany and knowing that the consequences could be dire, he returns to Russia. He still does as he feels this is the only place he can accomplish the change he feels is necessary. What happens next is not surprising and Navalny's struggle continues. Hopefully his existence and his tremendous following will perhaps be one of the factors that eventually brings Putin down. But that is probably the optimist inside of me talking. As an informative documentary, this was Mondo, and as a political thriller, this was also Mondo. Navalny was Mondo. 
So it's two Mondos? It's a double Mondo? Yeah, it was a Mondo as a political thriller, and it was uh, Mondo as a documentary. So it's Super Mondo. Was uh, yeah, super okay. duper Mondo. Nah, it was just super Mondo. It was good. I really, really enjoyed it. Okay, and, uh, I hope it makes a difference. Yeah, uh, I hope so too. Uh, documentaries normally carry a narrative that most times are biased. I always prefer an unbiased narrative, and there are scenes in this that are made, as with all docs, to make us feel and think in a certain way. Putin may say that this is from the CIA or the MI6, uh, but it's hard to argue with live recording of a confession and brought to light by a group of respected reporters. So it's hard not to feel the emotions that this film brings to life. And to know, although there is a bias in this film, it is definitely justified and warranted. Don't get me wrong. I hate Putin just as much as I did before watching this film and everything just fortified my beliefs by what has happened. Putin is a monster and this movie was a mondo. I have a lot of things I want to unpack, but I want to let Marie have a say first and then we got to talk about a few things. All right. Well, I'm not really a fan of documentaries. Uh, this was obviously an important one. This was evident by the fact that it was only in theaters for two nights and there was a pre-taped Q&A with the director and key people in the conspiracy investigation after the movie. Um, a bit long for my liking, very informative, and I took an instant liking to Navalny. As if we didn't think, already think Putin was evil, this film basically confirms that he's the next Hitler. <laughs> Only dictators poison and kill their political opponents to rig the elections. I really hope the world doesn't let Putin get away with this, these atrocities and make him pay eventually. It was really entertaining and eye-opening. Yeah. Great. There you go. So we need to talk about the strength of this guy's character. Like, oh, this like you, you see, it's interesting. We see the leader of Ukraine right now mm -hmm. is now the pillar of strength for um, the world. Like, Leaders are watching what's going on with Ukraine yep. and seeing him. And you see someone like Navalny that you just got to think, this this guy is like, who does that? He, he, sh he should never have gone back. But, but he knew his message was more important than his life. Yep. And his kids knew it. And his wife knew it. And his family knew it. Yep. The fact that he's giving his life for the cause is, is a huge testament to his strength of his character. Yep. Like, I can't, I just, I couldn't believe it. Like, no, well said. I, I just can't believe it. Um, and talk about his, the humor in this. Like, there's not very many documentaries where you see a guy who's, you know, who's basically knows his life. I mean, he was just about killed. Yeah. And his sense of humor was just biting and fun. Yeah. Like, he's a, he, I want to hang out with this guy. <laughs> right? Maybe someday, Jim. Yeah, well, that's, that's the hope. But I think we kind of s skated a little bit around it, but... Um, his comment in the thing, because they they showed him from you know they people have gone back and criticized him from his past because yeah. his movement is is so powerful that he's associated himself with maybe not the best not but the best people but it's but kind, kind it's of all, that it's comment all to bring down the worst person yeah that's right so the fact that that he says and his commentary around the fact that that he would prefer to hang out with Nazis than to than to be 
to get overthrow Putin is a pretty powerful statement. It but he's indeed. that he's comparing that that to Murray's point that Putin is actually worse than than the Nazis. Yeah. Right. So it's it's pretty bad. I just um, this film was engrossing to me. Like, yep. and and the fact that we were blessed, I got to say blessed because I don't know if we're gonna if other people will get that. Um, commentary and interview after the movie. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if when it comes out on HBO, right. if if they're going to put that on there. But that I interview with the f- director yeah. and the the guy who was the, um, the reporter the, yeah, that, yeah, that and, and the tech out. guy who uncovered everything. Yeah, yeah. like that. That's it, the fact that they recorded. Like it's just. Yeah, I don't know. It it blows my mind. When we watched Assassins, because Assassins was what two years ago now, right? Yeah, yeah. Assassins to me was what was probably the, and it's still I still, I still prefer Assassins to this, but they're they're completely different yeah, documentaries. It's, it's, it's assassins, I came out of it, apples and oranges. I, I came out of Assassins angry. Yeah, I was angry at the countries oh, that yeah. didn't support them. This one I came out with with uh, with hope. Was, this movie is a is a movie about hope. Yep. I completely agree. Right, with you. like the anger and rage I felt from when I watched yeah. Assassins. I, I mean, wanna, I wanna kill everybody that's, <laughs> that, that made this happen. This one, it's like I should be wanting the, to hate they, those those I, Russians, but the fact that even, I have such even a even though like everything that happened in it, you, that, there just does seem to be a light at the end of this tunnel. There is. Too. It's it's and, like and it's like you know if this guy can do this, well, and the, and the following that he has. It's got to make a difference. Well, I, I think as one of the guests on the Q&A, when they asked him that, it's like, yeah, what happens now? And it's like they said, yeah, I don't think Putin survives the, this war. Like, I, it, it, his public image is down the crapper right now, and the whole world is going to make him accountable for the war, and he's not going to be in power much longer, I don't but, think. But that, that's that's the thing, you know, your, your point is well taken, and, and they're the same, same with the commentary, but... It, it's either going to go one way or another. Mm-hmm, it's gonna, yeah. it's leading down a path of he, Putin's going to be out, or we're going to have a third world war. Yeah, that it, that's that's really the two outcomes. Is really so. I mean, that's that's the sad part about it. All right. All right well, there's a sandwich. It was a sandwich <laughs> with a big turd in the middle. <laughs> yum yum. Temperature rising. Vision blurring. Rage taking over. So finally, we come to the week. I've been saying Putin's been my rage for a long time. I have a reason. Now we have another reason. After seeing Navalny, it's like refortified how much that Putin is my rage. But that's not my true rage this week. My true rage is Michael Bay. And again, at Bryce. For thinking that pain and gain was a mondo. That's all my rages this week. And we're going to talk more about this in our next segment on the lists. I wonder what my rage is. <laughs> is it me for raging at you? Michael Bay is still making movies. That is my rage. 
You're almost 60 now. Isn't it time to retire? Enjoy the rest of your life. Travel or take up a hobby that involves me not watching another one of your motion sickness inducing over bloated noisy attempts at cinema. Please, Michael Bay, I'm begging you. Stop making movies. Well said. Proceeding was brought to you by the Michael Bay fan club. <laughs> the anti-Michael Bay fan club. Hey everybody, I'm Jess. And I'm Ebony. And we are the Gruesome Twosome Movie Review We are about the wacky, the wonderful, the weird, the strange, <laughs> the unusual, the gore, the fucked up, <laughs> the actors, the connection, the <laughs> the passion, the love. Pretty much everything that comes film with represents. film. <laughs> yeah. But if it's if it's on a, a screen, we are there. We are reviewing. We love snacks. We love people. We love love. We just love film. We love films. So, so come join us on the couch. If you're as crazy as film as we are, come join us and have a good time with us. See you soon, my loves. Bye. Well then. Well then. Gruesome too. Some. I like snacks too. Snacks are delicious. Snacks are delicious. A nice, well, nice celery stick with some hummus. Gross. Or peanut butter. Or dip it in sugar, then you're talking. No! <laughs> That's celery, gross. celery stick dipped in sugar? Damn right. Ouch! And rolled in chocolate. Rolled <laughs> And then deep fried. <laughs> Believe me, it probably exists. It probably does. Uh, well, I didn't really have a whole lot this week. I was just basically going to say Putin sucks. This is our Merman Minute? This Daniel, is, you can't. You got to find a positive. I thought of something else. I'm you got, oh, thank but. God. We recently lost another comic legend. Yeah. Uh, Gilbert Gottfried died a couple days ago. Well, not really known as a movie star per se or any even, you know, spectacular films. He is. He's a voice. Undeniably, you know, most recognizable person in any movie. You know right away just from the sound of his voice. Boom. And he adds, he added life to pretty much everything he was in. Uh, yeah, he was in Aladdin. As the, I think he was the bird, wasn't he? Iago, yep. And Problem Child, he was a bad guy. Uh, my favorite movie, actually, that he was in mm. was The Adventures of Ford Fairlane, which I own, which I will never dare you guys to watch because I know you'll rage about it. Yeah, you're probably Starring right. Andrew Dice Clay. And uh, I, think, I think Vince Neal's in it, too. But yeah, Gilbert Godfrey was awesome in it. And yeah, he's mostly a, a you know stand-up comic, but he was uh, he was a lot of fun. And it's sad that he died. It is That's all I got. He's funny as fuck. He, he was funny. He truly is. Oh, baby. Baby is right. Murray picked a stinker out of his ass for this group's walk off, walking off. I have to agree. This was a stink fest of all stink fests. I can't believe my chosenness was in this movie with Mr. Walken. It wasn't that bad. It was pretty bad. Uh, it was mad. Yeah, I this wasn't going to watch it, but then I figured out how to watch it for free on Cineplex. Nice. So I forced myself to watch it. Mm. Yeah, it was terrible. Yeah. It was okay. Mm. Okay, well, let's talk about what we're all waiting for. We all know what it is. If we need to write it down, we do. I think we should write it down. Okay. I'm writing it. I just want to say my choice is none of the above. You have to choose. Crispin Glover, 
or Christopher Walken? Crispin, Crispin or Christopher? Crispin, Crispin, Crispin or Crispin? Mm. All right. One, two, three, reveal. Oh, for crying out loud. What? You are so wrong. What? Christopher Walken was terrible in this movie. Of he was. He was awful. Crispin Glover, Crispin Glover was... had three lines. He had more than three and lines. He, he Anytime three he lines stepped on screen. He wasn't mesmerizing every, at all. Every single time he stepped on screen and went into the fridge, he was mesmerizing. You're a when joke. he was at the beach, he was mesmerizing. No, he wasn't. When he was on the couch, he was mesmerizing. What a joke. Kiefer was Cri- more mesmerizing. He didn't have any lines. Christopher Walken was awful in this. I would, if I saw this movie. Christopher Walken, number one, was not awful. He was this. awful in this movie. He and, was he was literally two, boring in it. Crispin Glover was boring in it. Crispin Glover was mesmerizing. No, he, he didn't. Every time he sat, he went to the fridge, his eyes, it's all in his eyes. You got to see it. You can talk about Japanese yeah, cube. I'm not talking about it anymore. Let's just move on. because okay, well, I'm just so disgusted with you Can right we now. at least admit yeah. that we need to talk about... Mary Stuart Masterson and how repulsive she is every time she's on screen. She's pretty bad. I I I, I don't know how she ended up with a career. She's just... a child of the eighties. Yes. So uh, I'm throwing her up for repulsive because every time she went on screen, I was like, "Why are you on the screen?" Yeah. And every movie she's ever been in, I felt the has same she way. Been in a movie in the last thirty years. I don't. Nah, I don't know. I don't, I don't think, think so. But yeah, she's. She was in a ton of them in the eighties, but yeah. yeah, I don't know. She was. Wasn't the worst thing about this movie. She was. No, she wasn't. Yeah, actually, I would say that she was. I would agree that she was the worst thing about this movie. Okay, so. There was some bad, but it was all right, man. It was a terrible. This would have been a rage for me. Golden Boy wasn't much better. He, he, Chris, he was, Sean Pan was fantastic. He didn't have to be. The movie was so bad. Yeah, the last thing she was in was TV series, TV series. Daniel isn't real. She's like 60 now, isn't she? I don't know. Okay, so I'm putting her up as she's repulsive. Like, she's like my age, I think. I don't think she, uh, so, okay. dude. Pretty sure. That's one for repulsive. Yeah, yeah. Murray? What? Yeah, sure. Okay. I don't really care. It's enough. official. Mary Stewart Masterson is repulsive. Okay. Hard to argue with. Now, we also need to talk about Harrison Ford. Okay. Because we talked about him last week. Okay. And we need to find out. We know he's not repulsive. That's no. not Harrison Ford. No. And we, he's, what we're bringing him up for it's, is... He's got to be doubted. Is, is for doubted. Yeah. Okay. I, I have no idea what he's been in in the last state, so... All right. So here it is. Okay. The last film he saw was one that you saw. Uh-huh. Which is The Call of the Wild. Okay. That was a rage. Okay. You're writing these down, right? We okay. saw him in... Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker, which was a rage. Yeah, it was meh. No, it was a rage. That was the last one. That was meh. It was a rage. I liked it. Anyways, you say it's a rage, so it doesn't matter what I say, but it was meh. Well, if he gets two mehs, that means he's not going to be on it. Then, before that, he was in Blade Runner 2049. So was, I it's it. not going to be a rage. So, unfortunately, we can't go any further with Harrison Ford. What are you talking about? It was Mon- that was Mondo. Yeah, too, so. that's why we can't go any further. What what was the point of this conversation? Why do you bring up someone who three movies ago was Mondo? Because what the hell is wrong with you? Because <laughs> I forgot. 
They forgot he was in that movie. Oh Because if you God. go before that, he was in The Force Awakens, which was a rage. Oh, for then he was I in the age care. of Adam. It Adeline. doesn't matter. Then it he was doesn't in, matter. I know. It doesn't matter. So I just know. Stop talking. I know. Harrison Ford, for apparently crying out loud, isn't. Because he was in. I'm Blade sitting Runner. here writing down Call of the Wild Star, and then oh yeah, Blade Runner was Mondo. You're a freaking I idiot. I can't believe you didn't give the Rise of Skywalker a rage. What the I'm hell almost, is that? It doesn't matter. I'm what almost I gave positive it. you gave it. It doesn't matter. I know. None of it matters. I know. Jim. I was just wanting to find out. Yeah, let's move on. <laughs> Are we done with that? Yes. <laughs> I still think he's not making. Uh, last time on Ranger Dare, Bryce whined as usual about having to pick from Jim's bag of rage, where he picked. I do it every week. Second Dennis Rodman flick in a month, when he chose Simon Says. This week, Jim will gladly choose to pull nothing but joy from Bryce's bag of sheer delight. Oh, crap. Am I supposed to have a bag ready? Let's check in place and see if Dennis Rodman can missed we, his calling or should have stuck. Can we acting. rewind to the part where Bryce called me an idiot and just remind him of how Which much of a bigger idiot time. he is? <laughs> I thought you had a bag of uh, Well, I'll put something together. No, you're going to do your review first, and I'm going yeah, yeah, yeah. no, to no. pull from the dare bag. No, no, I've, no. Got, I've got it. Just, just you, just, just do your review. I'm gonna do my review. I've got it. Oh, I, I just have to swear. I need, I, a, I, I need a fight to, bell. I just need a little bit of. I need about ten seconds after my review uh-huh. during, during our podcast. You sit there and love sure. to hear yourself talk anyway. Uh, so just right. talk to yourself for. I'll 10 talk seconds about Harrison after. Ford. Should I read read the intro again? No. So if uh, <laughs> if De- <laughs> if Dennis Rodman wasn't so darn charming, this would have been unwatchable. But he alone is worth watching as he plays CI agent Simon. Ah, Simon says. The rest of the cast was awful, with an especially cringeworthy performance from Dane Cook. How did this guy ever have a career in entertainment? He's literally the opposite of funny. Still, we had Dennis Rodman doing what Dennis does, and that is simply being awesome. Plus, we had two scenes in this that were so good... I will never forget them. One had Simon scaling the walls and ceiling of a tunnel riding his motorcycle, basically doing a loop-de-loop, and to witness it is to experience pure joy. The other scene had Rodman leaping out of a window, grabbing onto a pillar, and then sliding down using only his legs as he fired up at the bad guys who were actually about 10 feet to the right of where he was firing. And then while continuing to slide down, he leaned back backwards <laughs> of course he did and fired at the bad guys on the ground at this point only using his ankles to grip the pillar is there nothing Rodman cannot do that is a man with tremendous lower body control and perhaps the strongest ankles in human history Rodman is amazing and while the Dane Cook factor stopped this from being a higher rating Simon says was still a man <laughs> You know what I'm thinking? I don't. I'm thinking we might have to talk about Dennis Rodman next week. <laughs> Moving him where? At the very least, he's, the guy's mesmerizing. Anybody that says he's not is an idiot. I'm just going to see what else he's been in. <laughs> I know what he was in. The Chicago Bulls. 
Oh, yeah, he was in that, too. He was pretty mesmerizing on that team, too. Not really. Yeah, it was. It was all Jordan. Okay, so... Whatever. He's Dennis been... Rodman was all D all he the was time. In a, he's in the TV series American Gangster. Shut down anybody. He's in a music video. He was in um, a cup, an episode of the Trailer Park Boys. Blunt oh, movie, which I have a feeling he smoked some weed in. What do you think? Uh, the Minis? No idea. Starring Dennis Rodman. <laughs> The Comebacks, starring Dennis Rodman. I guarantee, I guarantee every one of those movies is awful, and he is awesome in every <laughs> single one of them. He was in a, mo- a TV movie called Cutaway. Yeah. Doesn't ring a bell, but uh, once again. It's probably amazing. It's oh, he was in Eddie, that fantastic movie with Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> the basketball movie? Yep. Yes. Where she plays the head coach of the New York Yes, Knicks. I remember. Italian. All right, now give me one of those stink balls. Just, uh, just give me just, one. Just, could, could just, apparently, we're overworking. Apparently, apparently, we know who the real idiot is on the show. All right, I'm going to see. Hello, Dolly. Yes, hello, <laughs> Dolly. Like I love Carol Channing. Is Carol Channing in this? I sure hope so. Even oh, even better. The queen of screen herself, Barbara Streisand. Jeez. Walter Matthau? Yeah. I can't wait to watch this. <laughs> Hello. It, come on. We've got to have... Carol Channing's got to be in this. I don't think That's she That's her is, song. Isn't that, isn't that her song? I don't yeah. think so. I've always noticed. Hello, Dolly. Yes, hello, Dolly. Nope. No Carol Channing. Maybe it's not going to be as good as I was hoping it was going to be. Not. I'm kind of excited about it. Hope I can get this. You can. Oh, good. I love it when you... I made sure that these are all very gettable. Oh, yeah. I had some on my list that I couldn't put in because I'm like, eh, he's not going to be able to get it. But I made sure that these are very, very gettable. I am actually super excited because I love Walter Matthau. Who doesn't? And I love Barbara Streisand. There you go. Yentl Yentl herself. And you love musicals. And... Yeah, I don't like that. Oh. Is this a musical? Yeah. Oh, right. Barbara Streisand's in it. Right. But she was in... Um, I hope Walter Matthau sings. I'm sure he will. Do you, th- do you think he will? I think he might. I've heard him sing. He's got a voice. I don't think she sang in... Um, uh, what was that movie she was in with Nick Nolte? Where she was the... God, I don't know. I don't know. Prince Remember? of Tides. Yeah. Sure. She didn't sing it? in that. Yeah, it was it. Sounds right. She, which was a great movie. And she did a great job. And I don't think she sang. Yeah, but this is Hello, Dolly from 1969. Yeah, I, I love 69. It's a good number and a good year. There you go. I'm Enjoy. excited. Oh, you should be You've excited. just given me the Dennis Rodman <laughs> equivalent of 1969. It's a joy. Nice. So in all our excitement and rage, we actually forgot about this week's walking off. You guys want one or not? Oh, oh do we? Okay, we're gonna. Whoa, this yeah. is exciting. We're going backwards. We're gonna get we a are. walking off. Yeah, it's Terrible. a walking off. If you want it, oh, we, of course we want it. You yep. really, really want it. We really, really want it. All right, you ready? Yep. True romance. Oh no, Christopher Walken. This is the one you've been asking Gary for. Gary Oldman. Oh crap. Oh, crap. They never share the screen in it. No, they don't, no. but they don't have to. But I don't even have to watch it, but Are I you will. Kidding? It's Gary Oldman all the way. Oh, Gary Oldman. Shut up. There you go. 
I'm sorry, but if you watch the scene between Christopher Walken and Dennis Hopper and come up with any other conclusion that what than what you have to come up with watching that scene. I ha- you know what? I hated this movie so much. But I'm looking forward to it because that's true. That scene is there amazing. Is one but maybe scene. there's a Gary Oldman version of that. I forgot he was even in it. I did too. So, <laughs> so that that's not. It's not promising for Gary Oldman. I'm I'm saying it's it's not promising. Although but I'm that. not having any preconceived ideas. Having said that, the true stealer of that particular scene was Dennis Hopper. Yeah, who is not on our list for. Which we'll talk about Dennis Hopper next week. Yeah. Apparently. Apparently. Right? Right? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> well, thanks, Razors, for listening. Thanks to the extended Film Rage family, who you can find in our show notes. Find us on social media everywhere at Film Rage YYC. Check out everything Film Rage at FilmRageYYC.com, including our merch site for Red Bubble and Tea Public. And I think there's a sale going on right now, so buy some merch for Grandma for Asta. We're always wanting to make this a raging blast for our listeners, so please comment, like, and subscribe, and send us an email to filmragecalgary at gmail.com. Dare see terrible movies to fuel our rage, but no matter what you do, please make us rage. Please. Please. That's it for this week. Rage on! Rage on!